Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Native Radio. This week, I'm your host, Charles Max Wood from devchat.tv, and we are talking to Ryan Cristiani. Did I get close on your last name? Yeah, it's pretty close. Cristiani. Cristiani. Yeah. Nice. If you're a front-end developer looking for remote work, then I recommend G2i, a React and React Native-focused hiring platform that will connect you directly with their clients that need your skill set. What makes G2i a unique hiring experience is that they spend the time marketing you to their clients of your choice. G2i is a team of engineers that technically vets you up front. If you pass their vetting, their clients have agreed to skip their initial interview process, saving you time and energy getting your next gig. They take care of all the hard work for you so you can get focused on development. To join G2i, go to g2i.co and apply. Thanks for having me. Just give a brief intro, let us know who you are and why you're important. (laughs) I don't know if I'm important, but yeah, my name is Ryan Cristiani. Uh, I'm a development manager at Shopify. Um, I've been here since September 2018, so a little bit over a year. Um, And I guess maybe why I'm important for this is I lead a React Native team here at Shopify, building a point of sales application for Android. Nice. You know, it's funny, um, I, and I mentioned this right before we got started, but I remember when Shopify got started and, uh, you know, Toby was showing up to the Ruby conferences and talking about all of the interesting things you all have going on. And that kind of has never stopped, right? There's always something interesting being built at Shopify these days. Yeah. Oh, totally. It, like, as somebody who's been here for, I don't know, like a year and a bit, it's it's so mind-blowing. Like, just you keep hearing more and more about things that are happening. Then you see like big announcements. You're like, how did I not know about that? And like, it's, it's a wild place to be for sure. Yep, absolutely. So um, you said point of sales app. So is that kind of the main focus for your team at Shopify? Yeah, my, my team's uh, part of the retail um, org um, uh, of the channels product line. And yeah, our whole focus is building a point of sales application. So um, we currently have uh, iOS and Android point of sale out there right now. Um, we're working towards a launch for the new point of sale app for iOS. And then our app, the Android app, will be that version, but coming a little bit later uh, in 2013, uh, 2013 uh, September-ish this year kind of thing. Nice. So uh, I read an article, and I don't think you're the one that wrote it, but it was an article basically outlining that the future of mobile at Spot- uh, Spotify. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I am tired. Yeah, uh, Shopify um, is React Native, and I was a little bit curious as we dive into this to just talk a little bit about that. Like, how do you make that decision, and what drove you to make the decision the way that you did? Yeah, so like the article was written by Farhan, VP of Engineering for Retail, and mm-hmm. um, he joined back in January of this year. And uh, why did we why did we pick uh, React Native is really the big question, right? Um, yeah. React Native has been on Shopify's mind for a while, um, going back to if you read in that article, uh, and hopefully it'll be posted in the notes uh, for this podcast, but uh, React Native uh, was on Toby's minds back in 2015. And uh, we have these hack days uh, at Shopify once a quarter. Everyone sort of stops what they're doing and they just work on whatever they want. There's tracks, uh, you know, for specific Shopify problems, but it's sort of like an exploration, a a way for you to kind of explore new things. But uh, one hack days back in 2015 was all about React Native. So, and kind of if you read that article, it's like all about, you know, Shopify kind of goes for these like nascent technologies, these sort of early uh, days technologies so that everyone can, 
as a team sort of like really understand like where they're at now, what's the potential of them in the future. So we had this whole hack days, everyone tried React Native. Uh, at that point in time, we determined, you know, not quite good enough uh, for what we're looking for, for the quality, quality of products we're looking to put out. But, you know, a lot of things came out of it. We came up with functional table data, uh, a lot of sort of patterns that we've developed internally uh, came out of that experiment. Mm -hmm. Uh, forward all the way to, uh, you know, 2018, end of 2018, we're thinking about rebuilding uh, point of sale. And early 2019, we started an experiment. So is, you know, four years later, React Native uh, ready for, you know, the prime time that we're looking for. Right. So we did a six-week experiment, uh, at least, so in my case, a six-week experiment for uh, building a point of sale with React Native and, you know, what can we do with it? Also, at that point in time, there were uh, apps like Arrive looking to um, uh, start building with React Native because they never had an Android version uh, in the past. They always had iOS, so they started building an Android version with React Native. And now Arrive is just all React Native. So we kind of like came to this conclusion that uh, now is the time, now is the sort of like the, the explosion of React Native and we should get in here uh, at this point in time so that we can really have, you know, a really strong understanding, a really strong grasp of it and start kind of contributing and giving back the way that we want. Very similar to like how, uh, you know, Shopify has done, done it with like Rails, you know, really mm -hmm. early adopter of Rails before anyone was really using it. And now it's like, I think I'm pretty sure we're like the largest Rails application in the world. I've heard that from multiple people. So um, I don't doubt it, honestly. And, and that makes sense. You know, as we talk about this a little bit, you know, you talked about it being kind of a nascent technology, but Flutter is also kind of a nascent technology, right? Mm -hmm. So so why React Native over something like Flutter? Yeah, we, we've looked at Flutter and, and there's nothing to say that we won't, you know, um, you know, as we go further into the years ahead, relook at stuff like that. But uh, React Native made the most sense currently um, because we can leverage all of our uh, React sort of uh, clout that we have internally. We uh, as a company use React on all of our web pages, like okay. admin, all this stuff. So we have a, a huge um, base of developers using React, um, a long running project, uh, you know, being our admin that's built in React and uh, all of our, our apps that we built internally. So we have all of this knowledge, all of this sort of like power internally and all this native development power. So why can't we merge the two together? And like, why can't we build, you know, apps using sort of all of the technologies all at once? Kind of thing? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, was that also what drove you to do this over, say, just native apps, you know, writing in Kotlin and in Swift? Uh, drove us to to pick React Native. Yeah, just writing native apps. Yeah, like we we've we have a history of just writing uh, native apps as it is, but um, we were looking for you know how can we yeah, leverage more of what we have? How can we kind of get uh, more people involved and um. Yeah, basically just, you know, involving all of our, getting all of the knowledge that we have out there uh, into one place, if possible. Right. Yeah. So you talked about experimenting with it, right? So you, you ran for six weeks, you built stuff with React Native, uh, trying to figure out, you know, what it looked like and, and how that went. Um, so what kind of an experiment did you run? Like what kinds of things did you do or apps did you build to figure out this was the way you wanted to go? Yeah, so for the the POS experiment, that's the one I can speak to the most is right. we uh, had a 
had all the designs, we're ready to start building this app. So we knew what we needed to build. We knew sort of the areas that we needed sort of, um, you know, uh, our performance, like what do we need to do for databases? So we kind of like broke it up into these uh, sections and sort of started testing these. So like, if we wanted to do database access, like what are we going to use? Like, let's, you know, run a whole bunch of tests and find the best one. Um, how are animations going to work? You know, can we build screens effectively? Uh, we just kind of like started building out chunks of the app. We built out a pretty good prototype of the point of sale application to experiment with it. Um, having native developers uh, involved in the experiment, building it out and kind of like them, having them be the sort of uh, a voice of like, you know, how does this feel? Like, is this like as good as native, not as good as native, that kind of thing. So that's how the point of sale application experiment uh, went down. Yeah. Nice. So you, so you get this app together um, you, I'm assuming you liked the way it went. Um, what was well, it? That, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. So for, for, um, sort of the final decision, we, we went with native again, if you read in the blog post, we went with uh, native Swift for iOS. Um, we had so many established patterns and, uh, the ability to just like run with that one. Um, but we, we liked it enough that we really wanted to keep going with the Android version. So I took over the Android project and, um, we've just been running with it ever since. And yeah, definitely like it, uh, quite a bit. Very cool. So what, what was it in, in that? I mean, other than, you know, the react and kind of some of the momentum you already had, but what, what were the things that really pushed you over the edge to go, all right, you know, we're going to adopt this for Android at the very least. Yeah, I think it was uh, a lot of it around ease of use. So a lot of my team is, um, Android developers from like, that's their sort of background. Um, and for them getting into React Native, uh, there was like this joy. I remember very specifically one of my developers talking about this joy of like being able to build UIs again with React versus, you know, building with uh, an Android uh, app in mind and just this, you know, sort of having fun again. So that's like one thing. It was like, we were able to build these uh, great, really polished UIs really, really quickly um, and people enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super important. We had, you know, sort of a, a velocity in building a lot of our screens that um, was pretty amazing. We were able to like get all this stuff together really, really quickly. There's always that like last little bit of polish that's going to be the most amount of time, but being able to sort of like put everything together and have like a, a fairly um, fleshed out application really quickly was a real, real selling point for me, at least. Right. That makes sense. Infinite Red has been designing and shipping and building web and mobile applications for 10 years. They're experts in React Native and passionate advocates for remote work. They also host North America's only React Native conference, Chain React, attended by hundreds of developers all over the world. I actually went this last year. It was a ton of fun. If you start a project after hearing about them on this podcast, they'll give you two free tickets. You can learn more at radio.infinite.red. So, yeah, so you're, you're getting this together. Um, I mean, what have you had to change in order to accommodate React Native? What have we had to change? Um, well, hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, so like my team, uh, we're, we're just starting from scratch with this. There's no pre-existing app and uh, not so much what we've had to change. It's just how do, how do we work with other teams is probably the biggest thing. Um, I guess that's a change in itself. So mm -hmm. we have multiple internal SDKs that we're integrating with. Um, since the point of sale application, we have things like we need to connect printers and, uh, you know, various bits of hardware. 
So it's right. how do we how do we work with those teams and what do those teams need to kind of provide us? What do we need to provide them so that they know what to work on? So it's kind of it's th that's still sort of part of the experiment in my mind, this exploration of, OK, now that we've decided on this technology, like how do we work together uh, as a company, as, uh, you know, individual teams or as like one company as a whole? So that, that would to me would be the biggest change. Nice. It's interesting there, you know, just. Because a lot of times we don't really think about that aspect of things, right? It's like, hey, we're using JavaScript now, so we need to change up our CI, CD pipeline or, you know, the way that we deploy our apps or the way that we put them in the app stores or whatever, right? And what you're talking about is this has changed the way that we interface with other people. And and it's it's kind of outside what we normally think of as developers. It's like, oh, I can just encapsulate all this myself. Yeah, for sure. It. it it's definitely like how do it's thinking about how do we work with other people. I think the biggest is the biggest part of that. It's um, it's not always super straightforward. People have a lot of questions because it mm -hmm. is a really new technology. Um, not everyone uh, knows, you know, the ins and outs of it. Um, I think we as a company are still learning the ins and outs of it for sure. So there's a lot of things to think about in terms of that. So just like a lot of meetings and making sure that people have an understanding and feel comfortable and confident with, you know, the direction that you're going in and they're going in and uh, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. So what, what plugins or systems or libraries are you using alongside react native to build are you using expo are you using react navigation react native navigation something else yeah that's a good question uh we don't use expo we just um started with um i believe this was a while ago but like a boilerplate create react app uh react native app and then just went from there um, we do use react native or sorry react navigation not react native navigation um uh -huh. we're actually working with uh william candelin right now and uh, he's helping us in a couple areas and uh, one of the things he kind of took on is getting us to v5 for react navigation which is awesome yeah we do that we we're using uh reanimated here and there we use uh, Realm currently for sort of our data store. Um, what other notable things are we using? I think that's sort of like, yeah, we're trying to, to, to use, you know, there are tons and tons of community packages out there, but we're trying to use not, you know, a ton of community packages. Like what, do, what is the, the least amount of things that we can use to kind of achieve what, achieve what we want? Yeah, it makes sense. I've talked to a few people that take that approach, right? Where I see a lot of people, they reach for something that, oh, this this does this particular thing that we need or solves this particular problem. And then other folks, it's like, okay, do we actually need this? Or is this something that we can solve simply on our own that, yeah, that, that we essentially own and maintain? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, coming from a JavaScript background, so like, first of all, I, I lead a mobile app, but I, I've never written a line of native code in my life. I come from a you know, a React background, a web development background. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's this, um, this idea when you're doing that, it's just like grab whatever package, like grab all the packages and you just throw them together. Um, we don't want to do that too much because we want to have some ownership over what we're working on uh, and the code that we're putting out there. Uh, if we're always just constantly grabbing for, oh, we need a thing that does like a swipe or a this or a that, you know, we don't, we don't have the ownership over that. What happens if that package goes away? There's like the stakes are pretty high in, in this yeah. case because it's uh, not just, you know, we're building an app, oh, the app might crash, but it's like we're building an app. Merchants are using this app to, um, you know, run their stores to, to, it's for their livelihood. So we want to make sure we're making the right decisions uh, at the right times for what we're doing. Yeah, that makes sense. So where do you see this initiative going from here? I mean... Um, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, contributing back and things like that. What kinds of things are you looking at uh, sort of pushing back up the pipeline? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's still really new for us, but we would love to be able to kind of similar to Rails again, get you know, people at Shopify contributing to React Native Core. I know developers on my team, uh, I can think of at least one of them that is really interested in being, uh, you know, somebody who is giving back to that community, be it a core contributor or just sort of, you know, tackling issues here and there. Um, so as a company, like how can we give back in that sense? Um, we're putting a lot of effort into tooling. So um, we have like a mobile team, mobile tooling team that's working on stuff. So, you know, what can we make? What can we work on that's going to help us, but also help the greater, um, you know, React Native community going forward? Um, so we have a lot of stuff going on in that sense. Um, we're also um, sort of helping out uh, Software Mansion, you know, sponsoring their uh, open source contributions um, because they just benefit us as well. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see, you know, as this goes on, yeah, what, what kinds of things you can contribute back, especially in, in the core. And it seems like things have gotten a bit more stable and a bit more, I want to say reliable, but that's not the word that I want. Um, like the like React Native yeah, community? Yeah, where essentially um, before it seemed like every time you upgraded uh, React Native, like the core library, you could pretty much count on crap breaking. I mean, it was just the way it was. And it seems like they've, they're, they're thinking ahead a little bit more. And, and I don't know if it's just because they're making smaller changes or whatever, but it seems like, yeah, stuff still breaks, but it's not as, it's not as hard on my app. As it yeah. I think it's, I think maybe it's like, it's a more mature library at this point. So, yeah. you know, things are, the, you know, upgrade paths are smaller or less, you know, intrusive because, there are more and more people working on it. There are more people using it. There's more feedback. Um, there's big companies like Facebook for sure is a big company working on it, but mm -hmm. Microsoft has a huge stake in it. Now Shopify yeah. has a huge stake in it. So there's more and more power kind of going out uh, and like uh, effort going towards React Native as a whole that is helping, I think, make it a more mature, easier to understand, work with, you know, constantly keep evolving with framework. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So um, as you build these apps, I mean, what's your process? Are you using um, processes like TDD? Are you kind of an agile shop? Um, you know, how, how does your, your workflow uh, play into React Native and how does React Native play into your workflow? Yeah, I don't know if it really changes much there, to be honest. Um, we're not like an agile shop per se, we, we kind of do like a six week cycles, three sprints per cycle. Um, yeah, we, we don't really, at least on my team, we have like a real strict, like we follow this specific methodology, this, this specific pattern. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, that's my answer for that one. <laughs> but gotcha. as a whole, like, I, like I'm saying, uh, like I was saying earlier, I should say, um, it's been uh, so uh, um, enjoyable for people to work on these apps uh, and work on, at least in my experience, anecdotally for me, that we we are able to just sort of in these two week sprints, in these six week cycles, um, just be uh, have like a real high output in terms of the content and the, the features that we're adding. Um, so that's like a really amazing part of it. Nice. You said that your iOS apps are going to stay native. So what's the interplay there? 
Yeah, so like right now, point of sale iOS is going to launch uh, some point pretty soon. Um, yeah, so like our mandate for this app as of this moment is to create an Android version. So mm-hmm. um, like in the blog post, it says, you know, there's no... Uh, we're not taking apps that exist currently and rewriting them, right. but, you know, new apps. So uh, anything that's kind of coming up in the, you know, the next several months, year, whatever it is, uh, it's up to the teams to decide what are you going to do with it. So uh, there's no rewriting. There's no going back to like, you know, um, all these older um, apps that have been living in the ecosystem and, and performing really well for, um, you know, all this time to be like, well, we're just going to rewrite them all because we're a React Native shop now. Um Anything new coming up is, you know, the mandate is default to React Native. It's up to the team mm-hmm. to decide, but that's sort of the goal there. Yeah, I don't know that I would expect any company, even if they switch technology stacks to, yeah, to go rewrite all of their stuff in a new stack. No, it, but, that, that's like such a, yeah, like, what's the point, you know? It's like, oh, we do a new technology. Okay, let's spend like years now rewriting everything. Yeah. Uh, no, these things work and these things work great. Um, but going forward, you know, we can decide on, on, on React Native or if we really, as you know, the team decides, you know, you know, native iOS would be better, native Android would be better, whatever it is, it's up to the teams at this point to decide. Yeah, the way that I see it is that a lot of these decisions have momentum and yeah, you're going to lose momentum by going back and rewriting everything in a new technology. Totally, 100%. Um, if you find that the old technology decisions eventually start costing you momentum, then you start having the conversation. Okay. Do we need to rewrite this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is really interesting. So you're, you're going to keep um, working in the native arenas, but you're also going to, yeah, as you move forward, uh, start creating new things in react native. Correct. Yeah. So besides the point of sale teams, um, are there, is anyone else at Shopify currently moving or using uh, React Native? Yeah, totally. Um, Arrive is, I think, a really great example of mm-hmm. a React Native application. So that's the package trap. Yeah, package tracking application. Um, They have both uh, Android and iOS as React Native. And I think they share uh, 90, like over 90% of the code, but across both platforms, which is amazing. There's also Compass, which is a sort of educational entrepreneur, educational application Um, that shares even more code. I think in a blog post, it's like almost 99% uh, of the code uh, is shared across iOS and Android. which is great because like these are applications, especially something like Compass, it's like really, uh, really, really impactful for merchants. It gives them all this information, doesn't matter what platform they're on, but as a development team, they can sort of work with, you know, the real true like one code base, deploy to multiple, you know, targets. And um, there's like, you know, the smallest, I don't even know what it is, but it's like the smallest percentage is like, you know, a, a platform specific and OS specific change that they had to do. Um, maybe it was like around animations or something. I have, I have no idea, but uh, that's sort of like the dream. That would be the goal for everything, right? You know, really, mm-hmm. really high code reuse and everyone's happy. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. That makes sense. Um, So now if you're hiring React Native developers, I mean, I'm assuming that you are at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, What are you looking for? 
Um, this is a great question because I've started looking for people for my team. I'm going to like grow my team quite a bit. Um, I've been looking for a couple things. So I've been looking for mostly at this point, React and JavaScript developers. We have, at least for, again, anecdotally for me, we have a lot of Android support, a lot of native uh, knowledge on the team, but I really want to get people who are really deep uh, into the JavaScript ecosystem, really, really knowledgeable of React and sort of all the patterns that are out there. That's my main sort of target to look for right now. Um, if I had to build, because uh, my team's all Android developers, if I had to build sort of like uh, iOS versions of things, um, I would start looking for a little bit more uh, native support because that's still super, super important. I think there's so much benefit to uh, developers who have, you know, really deep uh, native uh, expertise coming in. Learning React is and learning TypeScript is not um, a ginormous hurdle. Um, it may be just a different way of thinking about things, but yeah. Mm -hmm. React JavaScript developers is sort of where I've been looking um, to, you know, varying degrees of success so far. Right. I'm just thinking, you know, we have a few thousand listeners for this podcast and some of them might be thinking, oh, Shopify looks like a great place to work. And so, yeah, how do they how do they show up and show you that they're a terrific fit for what you're trying to do? Yeah, I, I think like what I'm looking for is in terms of my team, I, I'm looking for that React, but there's tons of other teams that are looking for things as well. Um, but I think the biggest, honestly, the biggest thing, and it's just listening to this radio or this podcast, but you know, are you willing to learn the new technology, learn and bring your skills from you know, native to React native to, uh, or if you're uh, coming from the web, are you willing to learn you know, a little bit of you know, Kotlin or a little bit of Swift or a little bit of whatever mm -hmm. it is that you have to kind of end up doing? That's the most important thing in my mind. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have anything else that I really want to dive into here. If some, uh, well, I guess I have one more question and that is, let's say that uh, some other company is, is looking at their app and they're thinking, you know what, I, I need to make this decision. Right. And I get that Shopify has their reasons for making this decision, but I don't know if all of the things that apply to Shopify apply to me. So, you know, given the experience that you've had making this decision, what would you say to somebody else who's trying to decide between native, Flutter, React Native, you know, maybe some other platform, you know, Xamarin or something? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for us as a company, we, we definitely have enough people to sort of like really dive deep into the problem sets that React Native, um, especially like, a company that's new to React Native kind of gives us. If you're maybe depending on the size of the company, a smaller company, like you really got to look at where do your strengths live? You know, do you have a ton? Is it just a native development company? You know, all of your developers are native developers. You know, jumping to React Native is maybe not the best idea. Um, if you're a web shop, you know, jumping to like native is not the best idea. So you kind of have to look at it, you know, in terms of what is going to be the best output for um, your current set of skills for us, again, you know, we are, a, a fairly large company. We have a ton of, uh, just institutional knowledge on so many things here that, uh, it makes it so easy for us to be like, okay, we're going to like really commit to this and we're, mm -hmm. we have the resources and the time to sort of spend and, uh, really dive in and become experts at this problem. Uh, and then hopefully just benefit like crazy for it. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. You also mentioned uh, TypeScript, and I know that some yep. folks 
have embraced TypeScript and other folks are using some form of uh, ES6, ES2019, you know, ES20. Like, yeah, like Flow or whatever. Yeah. So um, how did you settle on TypeScript? Was that just something you were already using on web and it just... Yeah. Yeah. Across, across uh, Shopify, JavaScript is done in TypeScript. So that was an easy decision. Um, I love TypeScript. I think it's, it is great. Uh, it is, it is that real, you know, again, in the JavaScript ecosystem is like everyone is either really for TypeScript or kind of against TypeScript. <laughs> and, um, I started here and I had never written any TypeScript, um, back uh-huh. in 2018. And then it was like, why would I write JavaScript without TypeScript at this point? Um, yeah. So that was an easy decision. It was part of our, our, our web platform already. Yeah. Um, our web foundations team had, um, really solidified their sort of best practices and, and, uh, ideology around it. So it was a super easy decision there. Yeah, that makes sense. I've talked to enough people to feel like at least from what I've heard from people, the, the pros outweigh the cons, but, um, I mean, everybody has to make their own decision. So. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The, everyone will find, you know, uh, cons that fit their, you know, very specific dislike with something. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I don't think I have any other questions for you. So let's go ahead and do some picks. Cool. Um, now, yeah, I see you listed some picks in the prep doc. So I did. It's yes. like you kind of get the idea. Yeah. You I, share with us. Yeah. Uh, I picked two things. They're kind of related. Um, so, uh, the first thing I'll do is, uh, Goodreads, the app, the book or the, mm-hmm. the book website, this last year and more recently, my partner's like really got me back into reading. She liked devours book. So uh, Goodreads is such a great website for, you know, listing what you've read. And then from that sort of getting suggestions, it's more like a social uh, book reading uh, thing, which is awesome. And then the current book that I'm reading right now, it's really good. I'm also such a slow reader that I've been reading this for a while, but like uh, I love picking this up. It's the amazing ventures of Cavalier and Clay. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but Mm-mm. it follows these two comic book artists sort of uh, pre-World War II, I think like 1930s and then into World War II um, uh, in New York. One of them's uh, a refugee from Europe. Uh, really, really great book, like beautifully written. Uh, just, yeah, really, really awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've used Goodreads in the past. I tend to go look at the reviews on like Audible or Amazon or whatever. But yeah, I mean, either way, it's it's a terrific way to just see, yeah, what other people are reading and what they thought. So I can back you up on that one. I'm going to pick a couple of things here. Uh, one of them is The Expanse, the TV show. I got into it when it was on Sci-Fi and then I got disappointed because I canceled it. And then I was just flipping through <laughs> Amazon Prime and I'm like, oh, yay! <laughs> and so uh, I, I picked up uh, season three not long after it came out. Now I'm watching season four and I'm really enjoying it. They have done such a good job with that series. So, Yeah, I've, I've been trying to watch that myself. Um, I have been struggling to get into it a little bit, but I haven't put any real time or effort into it. I kind of like watch it in like the middle of the afternoon, but I feel like I need to like focus on it. Yeah, I I kind of binge watched it. So and and maybe maybe that's the ideal way to go. I don't know, but I have really enjoyed it. I actually then p- picked up all the audiobooks and listened to those and they're awesome. I really I've really really uh enjoyed those as well. So um yeah. The book Sweet. series. And you said you had another solid. one? What was that? You said you had another one? 
Yeah. Um, the other pick that I have is I'm just going to pick my Zoom H6. Um, now, this is a device that uh, you can record to. It has four ports on the sides. Um, and they're, they're kind of funny looking plugs because they'll take an XLR plug or um, a quarter inch uh, audio in plug. Um, but, but then what you can do is uh, I take it to conferences with me and I can just record episodes as we, you know, as we get talking. So I have a handful of sure SM 58s. And so I just plug those in and we just sit and chat and it's, it's terrific. Um, it also has on the end, it has a place where you can plug in some other microphones. And so um, for example, the last episode of the clean coders podcast that was released today um, we recorded that at a restaurant and I just popped that thing onto the end and set it between us and it turned out pretty well. So um, anyway, uh, I, I really, really like the device. You can plug it into the wall. It'll also run on batteries and it runs forever. So um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Zoom H6. That's awesome. Yep. All right. Well, uh, Ryan, if people want to connect with you online, where do they go to do that? Yeah, it's uh, R Christiani across most things, Twitter and GitHub for sure, but Twitter is probably the best place. Um, yeah, just R Christiani, Christian with an I on the end. Nice. Mm. All right, folks, well, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up. And uh, yeah, max out, everybody. Thanks. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.